0: buddy. This is Ween's. I am one half of the Mouse and Ween's podcast. The other half, the mouse, is up in Morro Bay with her family. So I'm here all alone, a little ween, all by myself on a stage with a spotlight, which is really my closet with my light on. But um, anyway, hey, this is part two of Allison Ingram, who played the character of Nellie Olson on Little House on the Prairie, the show that we know and love and if you don't you will love it and you'll love her because she's so fascinating we had to do two parts because we didn't want to edit anything out she's an amazing storyteller you learn a lot about old hollywood france the craziness of the show the behind the scenes of michael landon and laura the other character who we all know and love and if you don't get to know her too um okay so Let's get to it. And if you would do a super favor, my dear sister, Mouse, does all the work on the social media. I do nothing. I'm a terrible human. I'm trying to get better. I'm going to therapy. She does all the work on the social media, everything, networking, um, putting, asking people to join Patreon. Can you do that? Patreon.com. It's for the price of a little cappuccino. You can subscribe without commercials and behind the scenes funny stuff and all that. And it would really help support the podcast and my dear sister, who uh, I should actually sign up for to and support her. Anyway, I'm very excited. Here we go. <laughs> Seem so grounded for having such a Hollywood life, and then what about did anyone go off the rails on the show? Did you have no blood the
1: a Little House? No arrests, no convictions. We're very proud, it's <laughs> <laughs> like unheard of. Yeah, it's although so, we you do, you do not see anyone from Little House in the Prairie with no pants on TMZ. Does not
2: <laughs> we did hear that Michael Landon would sip on a coffee cup of vodka during the shoots, right? This was his thing i caught him drinking
1: the wild turkey so i mean mm. our, well we had a thing okay it was the 70s and a yes. lot of these guys had come from bonanza so they were very of that era and you've seen like mad men you know where they're like drinking and smoking and it's like oh it's 10 o'clock in the morning and people just smoked and drank and it was like what nobody thought yeah. this was like weird i right. mean not only did the whole crew drink, or as they used to say, well, to, normally we get through one and a half cases of beer a day. Yesterday was a two-case day. We're down the one. Somebody has to go to the store. So how many cases of beer the crew would just consume? It's just constant, the beer. And then they had the bar. There was booze in the prop truck. At the end of the day, they'd put up a bar on sawhorses, and that was the main bar. And then the rat party would go to the racetrack where they'd bet on the horses and drink. And then we'd have the real party back at the soundstage where they'd drink. So, yeah, was, and everyone smoked <laughs> So and in then cocaine older. was introduced and i'm not sure if they had any but i've heard stories yeah. of old hollywood and cocaine
2: oh well, and yeah. you guys were kind of isolated <laughs> where you were, were shooting coke too the,
1: people were doing coke in the 20s i mean you know yeah and 80s was the big coke era for hollywood where everyone except like me and jay leno apparently were <laughs> like i lack the brain receptors that process cocaine or something it like doesn't work Saving yeah. millions of dollars and my nose. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Little House wasn't really, thank God we weren't a Coke set. So a lot of people yeah. like full Coke everywhere everywhere. But we were apparently a booze and cigarette set, like hardcore. I, nobody thought this was weird. Nobody got tired or went to sleep. They somehow were all speeded out, were like awake. I don't know how. And I did, I remember being the proc truck. Uh, Michael just saying, you know, the usual, the usual are like forfeit and it's a wild turkey jug into the coffee. I don't know how he did it. Um, but that's what people did that. And well, like even the food, like, now, if you, uh, these days, a craft services table where you'd have snacks for the actors, you would have vegan options and gluten-free options, and there'd be a bunch of healthy stuff. There'd be fruit. There'd be vegetables. There'd be food. We had urn of coffee, urn of hot water, tea bags, sugar, milk, and big boxes of donuts. The choices were donut or bear claw or eclair. There was <laughs> you no know, there was no health food. There were no, like, oat bars. <laughs> How did <laughs> we survive? It's true, but
2: that's and so weird. Were... And then you had to fit into your costumes, which were And not... the children
1: were drinking coffee. I mean, I was a teenager, so I was a hardcore coffee addict by, like, like by 14. So mm. I was, you know, I'd get my cup. And this coffee, I talked about in the book. Remember I said you have, like, your AA strength, your grip strength, and, like, French strength. This is grip strength coffee. Get the paint off your car. This is black coffee. Chew it. And Go girl. Go girl. Milk and sugar. I would drink that stuff. And the problem was, is the little kids, like little Robin and Rachel who played Baby Carrie, wanted to drink coffee. And Melissa and I were like, you really can't. So we'd make, the, we'd get like a cup of milk and put a little bit of coffee in it for them so they were drinking coffee. Aww. They wanted to be big girls. I know. We didn't want to poison the small children. We did draw the line at that. Yeah.
0: That's very nice. And then in your next play <laughs> with the dead baby in
1: the drawer, that's a whole different story. <laughs> Oh, so it's like the drawer. That was the best part. It's like,
2: wham, wham, bam. <laughs> so somebody asked you, and I'm sure you get this question all the time, and I can't find who asked it, um, but you were friends with people on set. You and Laura didn't have any, there were no issues there, and you were friendly with everybody. Um, people want was to there, know the beefs. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. all the all the gossip. This is the fun stuff. First yeah, kisses, yeah, crushes, all this. Our yeah.
1: idea of a beef on Little House was like, well, I won't sit with you at lunch. You know, we didn't really get really hardcore. Um, The the fact is that um, Melissa Gilbert and I bonded immediately, which is hysterical because we were the mortal enemies. So, of course, we got along the best. Um, And everyone generally got along. Yes, it is true, you're gonna hear it again and again. Melissa Sue Anderson, who played Beautiful Blind Mary, her mom was very protective. And apparently she's recently even said, well, she was told, like, don't fraternize with the other girls. Like, oops, we didn't get that memo. Um, so she, and as I said she I think she thought the Melissa Gilbert and I were juvenile delinquents, and she was probably right. Um, so she just wouldn't, not having it. She was not gonna be friends with us. This is never gonna happen. And so she was kind of like uppity, standoffish. We're like, okay, what do we do? Said, okay, but we weren't like horrible. We did not go beat her up for it. Um, and, and then it was weird, too, because we had people visit our set from other shows because people would guest or people would be at MGM and people would wander over from other sets. And someone once said to me, because we were talking about somebody was fighting with someone, they went, oh, stop. You call that fighting with someone? They got restraining orders against each other on half these shows. You guys are so wussy. Your idea of hating someone is you're not speaking to them for three days. Please." Yeah. Um, you're so 1800s
2: that's like an 1800s squabble come on Well, because we
1: would still at christmas we'd still buy everybody presents (laughs) presents. you're like well i'm kind of mad at her so it won't buy the like the nice presents like today we all wanted for the christmas presents went to the party
0: what is it where does that come from does that come from the top is that a michael landon thing is it just because do you think it
1: was the material you were doing very much i say it was michael landon he laid one of the thing's like okay like I said none of the kids are in jail hi um we all went to school you meet some child actors that can barely read and write because they didn't have they're supposed to have by law three hours school four hours work one a restaurant rest of recreation. but some people didn't they like bribed the welfare worker like didn't do it no 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 we just just another interview my eight million interviews just did one the other day with several cast members and with um susie uh Susie McRae, who's the casting director, was married to the producer Kent McRae, and we talked about that. And I remind her, I said, "Remember, ha- remember, Ellen the teacher with the stopwatch, where this child has 12 more minutes of school." And she's like, "Right," and everything would come to a grinding halt, and like they make it. So they took it very seriously. And they took all of those rules seriously and they were very careful making sure we kids were protected. And <clears throat> Michael also was very like, we are here to do- show done. He loved practical jokes, he loved to giggle, he loved to laugh, he was breaking the tension, but it was also like, Yes, and we're going to finish all of these pages today. And we're gonna make this entire hour long like a feature film cinematic monster in like five, six days. But so he ran a tight ship. Yeah. So he's running a tight ship so you you did you knew your line you showed up you did your job so the idea that you were gonna hold anything up because oh you were having a bad day or so and so doesn't like so and so it would be like i don't care <laughs> so it's like yeah you left it was the demilitarized zone you left that there like well if you don't like them or this, part, that's great and you can leave that in the dressing room because we are going to make a show now wow And so we just did. It was like, well, time to go to work. Eh, What are you going (laughs) to do?
0: That's great. Because so many shows fell off the rails because of that. So great. And it probably kept you safe and structured and
1: professional. You're still doing this today where you're showing up and being very... That, that was the biggest, like, what do you inherit from Michael? the work ethic, the little house in yeah. the prairie work ethic, and, okay, so, you know, I go to France, right, these are these French stories, so I was in France, I did a movie in France, Jean-Pierre Moki, oh, I talk about him in my stand-up act, it's hilarious, but <laughs> one of the things that happened, I got on the set, and Moki was famous for being, like, French Roger Corman, in a way. I mean, he would, cry, he would make entire movies in 12 days, and then spend, like, a month at it and, like, I mean, if you go to his IMDb, it's like, (laughs) like, made all these movies. And they were hilarious. They were all very dark, weird comedies. So I'm in this thing, and I had been warned, a lot of people didn't like to work with Moki because he was so outrageous and always going, Maltar, Maltar, action, like yelling and screaming and really nuts and vulgar and crazy and awful. And he wanted to shoot this whole movie in a couple days. So they said, French actors were used to well, maybe we'll have a cigarette and we'll talk about it for a while and then we'll have some wine and then perhaps we'll shoot later in the afternoon. So they were like, what is happening? This guy is, so I get there and I'm like, I'm good to go, I was in TV. And indeed, we met, we kind of came to work at like 10 a.m. and we had something to eat and they hung out and people were drinking wine. I'm like, okay, luckily the Argentinian key grip said, I made a pot of coffee coming in. Um, so the Argentinians were drinking coffee in the corner, I was with them. Uh, they had They had every country represented the, as the Argentinian said don't worry we've got six languages spoken on this set and when the guy from Zimbabwe gets there tomorrow it'll be seven so you're covered with everything oh um he was not kidding he was not even joking so um we did so it was a very fun set but he would shoot and he'd go okay go and we'd like do the scene rap, rap, and, and you do like maybe two takes and next setup he would go okay moving on and every like they'd go hurtling around then the next setup. And I'm going, oh, very efficient, you know, like, like TV. And I, a couple hours in, one of the guys goes, now, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. And he's like, a lot of the actors, this is a terrible, terrible fast pace. And I said, none of you have ever worked with Michael Landon, have you? <laughs> <laughs> because I've are doing a TV series. You shoot the scene, you go, okay, cut print, next. And they like start moving the furniture.
2: Yeah. Wow. See, good. This is good training.
1: Well, I was able to work with the infamous, infamous Jean-Pierre Moki, And I had a blast and his speed didn't bother me at all.
2: And it was fine. And so speaking of all these countries and France, you're huge in France. What's going on with that? How? Why?
1: I am. I am. I am. uh, Yes. I am. David Hasselhoff has Germany. I am (laughs) a friend. That's exactly um, what I thought of. <laughs> I, am the, I am, I am, or as my father said, oh great, you're Jerry Lewis. I'm, oh, <laughs> he's like, I was hoping you were going to be Catherine Deneuve. No, you're Jerry Lewis. So, um, so it's, yes, what happened is, is Little House in the Prairie. I mean, it runs literally, literally all over. Okay, the other day Dean was reading Little House books and he was watching all the comments and he went, Jakarta? What? um because yeah it literally is everyone but in france they started running it kind of early usually shows in america if they're on they might not get to another country till the early 80s say there's a delay before they do the foreign sales somebody ran the pilot of little house where they're in the woods and mr edwards comes oh and there's indians that speak french and all that stuff they ran it as a christmas special in france all dubbed and everything the French went nuts. Oh, this poor woodcutter, this family. And they, they didn't know. They thought it was like a French movie. They didn't know what the hell was happening. They thought it was great. They demanded the series. They wrote to the TV guy wow. and said, we need this show. We, if you do not give us the show, we will tear the place apart. And so probably, I do going to say, we started in 74. So like 70, by 77, like late 76, early 77, they're running Little lives in France. And they ran it every day at noon. What do French people do at lunch? They go home. And they still do. They still do in many places. Back then, that was it. Everybody went home for lunch. Everybody left school and went home for lunch. Okay. Now, some kids stay at school and brown bag and have a cafeteria, but about half of them go home for lunch. And many people will go to the break room now and eat, in the break. but they also go home for lunch. So, billions of French people are all like sitting there home for lunch. And at the time, there were two channels. Oh, my gosh. So... Shall we watch The Weather Report or Little House in the Prairie? So you created this whole fan base over there. Amazing. What was it like? So what
0: happened Like when you first emerged as a human in France? Did you show up there personally and...
1: Yeah, I didn't know. I knew they watched it in France. I'd gotten mail. I knew it was big in Germany and big in Japan, big in France, big here, and I'd heard stuff. I didn't realize Argentina, I found out about later. Apparently they're bananas for in Argentina. So all these strange countries are like, it. so I got this thing. Come do this talk show. There's this talk show in France. Okay. And they go, we'll pay you a bunch of money, fly out. Ooh, fancy. So I'm go, but I get there and suddenly like, I'm the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the limo the driver, the car drive seven to like circle the hotel because people are mobbing the cars or sort of trying to get back. Like, what is happening? And I get to the talk show and there's a studio audience. Oh, a three hour long live talk show. Who does this? Oh. Um Zing. And they would have and all these stars. And they would just shift. They'd have a table full of people. And then they go, okay, you're, you're done. And then they don't get up and leave. And then a bunch of other stars would come in. I'm like, what is happening? And it was the nuttiest, most insane, chaotic thing. They, had, uh, they were standing on the table and shooting people with super soakers. I mean, it was really nuts. And I was like, I-? And then they start doing saying, Who is our guest? And they're putting up pictures of people from Little House in the Prairie. And the audience is yelling out their names. Oh, Caroline! And Dr. Becca! Yes, I And so, like, okay, who is there? And they're trying to guess and the doors open they play the music and i come out and they go berserk and oh, my God. they're singing people in france sing the theme song there are no words to the theme song this whole studio people going la, 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 like, really and i walk out i'm like ah, what is happening and i said and they're just so bananas and um and then, and then the other actors, the actors, um, do you ever see, um, uh, Amelie, the thing, the movie oh, Yes, love the, Amelie. The boy who worked at the grocery, who had the bad arm, that's, yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah, Jamal. Yeah. Jamal uh, Dubu a huge star in France. He's there. He flips out and starts speaking, he tried to speak English. His English is not correct. I cry in my room. I cry and I cry. Why? Why are you all so mean? And he starts like screaming out. <laughs> um, Yes, it was like that. So I'm just going, ah, ah what is happening? It's like the wind. is out. And I had to have a thing in my ear because I didn't certainly didn't speak enough French to handle any yeah. of this. So I totally get mobbed everywhere I go. People are bonkers. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going back. So I want to going back to another talk. To them, and then people are just out of control. And then next thing I know, it's like, well, Patrick, Patrick says, you know, we could do a show. I mean i could take your show i get you know he's a writer he said i could do a thing it would have to be a whole adaptation because some of the jokes they don't know who the heck you're talking about and then the other things they do translate to french we could do a french version i'm like you're crazy so he'd never done a comedy show before and i didn't speak french so we decided to do a comedy show together in french <laughs> Why not? Why not? It was a smash. He had yes. to learn how to be on stage. I had to go learn French. So I went back to school and learned French. He figured out which end of the stage was which. And now he's hilarious. And so we wound up with a tour Confession gas to La Prairie. Then he wrote a second show called Le Mal au Trésor de which is what we're doing in January and February. And um I'm bummed. We have to eventually get back because he's working on a third show.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: Um, all the shows sold out sold it every show sold out standing ovations just mass panic and then during this I met Jean-Pierre Moki I was on a talk to him Jean-Pierre Moki was there and Patrick was like I am going to chase him down the hall and make him put you into one of his films and it worked (laughs) and then I was in a movie so yeah there you go did did, did they treat you the
0: same way as a character as the Americans did did they think you were bitchy and
1: No, they, they, they love me. (laughs) I I love the the French. I always say it's a cultural difference. They, they don't think Millie Olsen's mean. They think she's French. (laughs) <laughs> See? This is a French not, thing. Um, they do. They love me. And in fact, on the talk show, I, I talked about in the book, they were arguing like Jamal's freaking out there. And then they all started getting, 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 getting to each other. And I'm like, wait, what is happening? The tra- They can't even translate fast enough. They start trying. And this one guy says, but Nelly was a child without a smile. And, and she was so sad. And I said, well, yeah, she was jealous of Laura, I think. And then they had this whole discussion. And as I said at the time, I was apparently put on trial. My character was on trial on French television with this whole panel of people. And um, it was declared a crime of passion. I was jealous of Laura. I was a sad child. It couldn't be helped. And I was apparently um, found innocent under French law. Oh my Uh, my gosh. It does feel good. It sounds like (laughs) therapy. This is great. So weird. So the French decided poor Nelly just needed to be loved. And besides, here's Allison, and she's kind of funny, and we like her. And that was it. My sense of humor, their sense of humor meshed. Um, and so I started going to France twice a year for, like, a couple months at a time. And basically all the free champagne and escargot and chocolate. Oh, could eat. oh my gosh. This, are is you... like, uh,
0: this is amazing.
1: Good for you. Do you feel fluent now? I went to school and learned French. So I did the whole, I did the whole stage show in French. Yeah. I did the whole movie. That's amazing. Good. Do you That's feel amazing. like you could live there and,
2: like, fluent? Like, are you...
1: Probably now. I mean, a couple of years ago, I would have said, oh, well, it would take me. We'll have to gear up to it. But yeah, I, could. I mean, because I would stay there and I would stay with friends. And sometimes I stayed with friends who didn't really speak a lot of English. And then, well, like on the Moki set, the guy who drove me in every day didn't speak a word of English. It was hilarious. So I really had to catch up. Um, but sometimes I hang out with people who don't speak English and I do the show in French and I do interviews. I was doing interviews in English and French, like the thing, but now I, can, I do whole interviews and stuff in French. Wow, good That's for amazing. you. That's so I, had about, I had my book released there in French. And um, That's yeah.
2: You are, you are <laughs> idle status in in reinvention you know so many so many people get stuck in in one job one thing and here you are just like okay who moved my cheese we're gonna try right. this now, and now i'm am this queen of the, of
1: the, I am now queen of the internet because yes. as i said i finally was like oh no and so then i just took my whole life and career and went here i'll just put it here hi it's and amazing
2: yeah i know you've got merchandise online you have a production company <laughs> you do your tours um, well, I can't you, do the
1: tours now because I can't shove 12 people in a bus right That's not say well, what are you so. gonna do about that is that gonna is that gonna well come back? I was talking to Richard Rich Sebastian who I did the tour with with the early departed tours um he's also Santa Claus by the way so keep an eye mm-hmm. on um, can you, you explain Sebastian. what the tours are really quickly sorry yes mm-hmm. Nelly the Nasty Nelly tour of Hollywood was uh, Rich and I would get in the bus and you'd sign up for the tour. Uh, you get a free autograph picture and only tour in Hollywood that stop for milkshakes. So, <laughs> uh, three hour tour you'd hop in the tour, and we'd go around Hollywood, but it was personal stories connected to everything. It's like, well, here is Hollywood High. Oh, wait, that's where I went. Oh, here's Paramount Studios. So when I was working here, here's where the thing, oh, here's the Chateau Marmont. Oh, wait, I live there. And so so all these landmarks, but all the best landmarks in Hollywood, I either lived there or worked there or went to school there or know somebody. So it was like literally all personal stories about all these famous places. And we went by Michael Landon's house, and we went by Liberace's house. You bet we went by Liberace's house. And (laughs) And we'd stop at the farmer's market, and get milkshakes. I love it. That's and so cool. The Hollywood sign and take pictures. And then when we go to the sign, you could always get up to the sign. So we found a place where it was a really good shot of it in the background mm-hmm. where it was safe. But I would bring, um, well, it's not the wig, but it's a copy of the wig and some yes. bonnets. And so people could take a picture with me and the Hollywood sign with or without the wig. And then they That's could wear bonnets. So there's all these pictures of people on their Facebook with the Hollywood sign, me and the ringlets and the two of them standing there in bonnets. It's like, and these two guys from Minnesota brought their own wigs and it was their Christmas card it was me and the two of them in Nelly wigs. And- oh my gosh. That's, that's amazing. Discussed. And you
0: know what? That was my next question because I know that you've been asked this a million times, but that is the question from Jen Martin is it looks so
1: hot and uncomfortable. How did you keep your curls? Um, because they did have to make a wig because it was so hot and humid and awful and terrible and I said the hair doesn't really curl just to get it to bend at the ends to be fluffy this involved a blow dryer and a very fancy brush looks Um, very nice (laughs) so um, my hair's very straight so I showed up the first day and they said you're supposed to be in curlers and my Auntie Marion said what and so I was sleeping in curlers at 12 and 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 coming in at like four in the morning and they would clack 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 with the curling iron awful but they make them work so if you watch the first few episodes you can see my bangs are a little straggly and the curls are, because they were doing it by hand and then a couple episodes in they said this is a nightmare so they brought in uh ziggy ziggy the wig maker of hollywood i think is still alive who's old then he's ziggy. famous Ziggy, Ziggy, Ziggy Geike. I think his name, he made famous, famous wigs in Hollywood. You know, Betty Davis. Everybody. So he comes in, and then Larry, who was Betty Davis's hairdresser, and then we had Gladys, and who worked with Marilyn Monroe, and all the makeup and hair people—Marilyn Monroe, Joan Crawford, Betty Davis—that's they work with. So I got Betty Davis's hairdresser and Ziggy, the wig maker of the stars, and they built this thing like on my head. So that's they finally did. They made a wig and custom made, and it was stunning. um Giant metal comb right here so that it would stick on, which was like and um many, many, many pins. It was excruciatingly painful and uncomfortable, hot, and like sometimes my scalp get cut a little bit, you know. Um, but you know, eight, nine hours of where um and it it would come off at the end of the day and it'd be like Oh, you um, had
2: to keep it on
1: in between takes and everything oh yeah because it took like oh. an hour to put on it was a nightmare it was, a, it oh was God. whenever I watch shows with period stuff from the 1700s 1800s I'm like ha, 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 ha. I just go ow I feel I can feel how uncomfortable the costumes and the wigs are I go ow I like wince and bang um, but you did this for uh, years that's why, that's why I was like eternally surprised because like <laughs> um those that, combs
2: i remember those in the 70s we put our hair in those all the time but yeah and you look just like Lily really
0: when you pulled that back that was amazing i mean you just
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> incredible <laughs> i'm just saying but yeah it was so <clears throat> it really hurt and um but it worked it worked you just you kind of you zone out and it becomes part of it and part of the just, yeah. so just so angry up tight. my head head hurts so bad. Um yeah so I, I did appreciate added to the character. Wow.
0: That's so that crazy. was a big question. I wanna get so Andy oh no we don't have his last name on here but uh what is your favorite or least favorite episode? Do you
1: have oh it, hands down it's it's Bunny where I pretend to be paralyzed and get pushed down the hill in the wheelchair into the bond. Yes, yes. Is it a where stern person did... too? How, where? Where's the show? Did this ever happen on? Who? Who has ever done this?
2: Right. Yeah. We have Tiff wondering. Was that a stunt double in the wheelchair? So maybe you have to tell the whole scene. I don't what know.
1: They, yeah, right. That. So they put me in the chair, and um, they and I remember, I'm wearing like underwear, a nightgown, and bedroom slippers. was so like no, mm-hmm. so they start to push me down it, and saw so steel cable. They stop it, and then the stunt woman, very brave, does the down, does the f- somersault into the pond. That's Okay. Definitely. Then they take me to another hill that is longer but less steep, put me in the chair again, bedroom slippers, underwear, neck, and a real broken arm, thank you, because I'd fallen off my skateboard, so the 1800s thing, or the actual, and they kind of go, well, off you go, and the camera's on a dolly, and they're all protecting the camera, but I'm just going, ah, like <laughs> trying not to die. Because and, there were close-ups um, of you, too. Were they right in front of you going down yeah, the hill? Yeah, They're like right oh. there. And I'm screaming bloody murder because it, it was terrifying. And then go back to the pond, and I get in the pond and come up spitting. So, yes, that's
2: Oh, it. my gosh. Well, Julianne and I, uh, being sisters, there was a time I had a bike accident, and I was in a wheelchair. And she was in charge of pushing me around. And we were at the Oakland Zoo. And we got to the top of this tall hill, and there was a duck pond at the bottom and it wasn't her fault i said you know what I, don't her fault, she said. I, I was reliving that scene and i go i want to ride down this hill yeah. i can handle it i'll stop at the miss. bottom it'll be fine and she goes okay if you're sure so she let go of this wheelchair oh. I'm zooming down this hill and it burns through your hands you
1: can't stop yourself no, you really can't touch the wheel you can't you can't stop you I had to hold the armrest if I touched the way that was the thing they said oh my god whatever you do keep your hands on the armrest yes you'll lose a finger you, and then right. also 1800 giant metal wheels you would lose yes. a finger it, yeah
2: know. so I went thump, thump thump across this little strip of lawn luckily in front of the pond there was a chain link fence so I hit it and I bounced off okay. and I flew out of the chair and I was crumpled in a pile with all my bandages on my knees from my bike accident <laughs> and on my hands. So I had a real life Nellie Olson moment,
1: just not That's... the mud. <laughs> so. Horribly dangerous. As you, you know. now realize, no doubt. Um, yeah, because wheelchairs pick up momentum. They're heavy. Oh yeah. They're yeah. quite heavy And the wheels going, they pick up enormous momentum if you push them down a hill, as I discovered. Because I was like, how fast is this thing going? You get going, and it does, it goes really, really fast. It goes faster as it goes down the hill. And you can't stop it by the bottom of the hill. It's really, talk about, you know, yeah, it's all that inertia, momentum stuff. It's going like 60 miles an hour by the time you get bottom.
2: No, it was scary. It was life flashing in front of me kind of stuff. So Okay, (laughs) we have, this is
0: brilliant. Allie Morgic, who is a super, super, super fan, who happens to be Joelle's best friend. And she- We grew Joelle up watching all your episodes Allie, together.
2: Sitting on the couch, all through the seventies and eighties. Best friends, and they would play Little House on the Prairie and dress
0: up Allie's younger brother as one of the sisters, right? And poor right. Johnny had to play.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was really- my, my pretend name was always Laura. I was always riding around with, you know, horses and the whole thing. But then I I also pretended that I was Mary. And I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be ready in case I ever got scarlet fever and went blind. So I used to purposely close my eyes and walk around my house and memorize where everything was in case I ever got sure. scarlet fever. So and you know that
1: was very big. Pretending to be blind was huge when I was in about sixth grade, which was the nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Was about, there was a book called "Follow My Leader." Am, am I like the only person alive who remembers this book I don't know I book. don't know that one I have not looked it up to see if it's like out there on Kindle follow my leader it's this boy with the seeing eye dog and it's about this boy and it's like I don't know it's like a firecracker accident or something he goes blind and he's like 11 or whatever and he's very bitter and upset at first and then they send him to this camp where he's going to learn with the seeing eye dog thing and it's all about how they train seeing eye dogs and then he trains the seeing eye dog but it goes through things how he learns braille and it has a whole braille alphabet and thing you can learn and how he learns let like your plate you know your milk is at three o'clock and your thing is at for yeah. all blind things that people learn and it was a hit everyone in my class read this book and were People were obsessed and everyone learned, we all learned braille and several people signed up to volunteer to go train seeing eye dogs at camps where they let you do that. And at least two of my friends blindfolded themselves for an entire weekend and See, went around the house. Practicing. These are my people. I'm not weird. I always thought I was weird all these years, but finally vindicated. Thank you. Yes. It was like <laughs> 1972 Gardner elementary school. Everyone was blind for a week it yeah. was just that's so weird nuts. that kids would commit to that like that's dedication. oh my god the level yeah. that they committed yeah. to i mean i was i learned braille and i was like looking up where like where can i sign up to train seeing eye dogs and i was right. like practicing but no oh no there were two kids these two girls and they were kind of obsessive but they did they blind themselves for several days oh see those are my people saying. that's awesome <laughs> okay so Allie's question is
0: was the chicken really spicy in the episode when miss olsen made <laughs> laura cook dinner for almanzo
1: and Nellie's date yes this was awesome this episode the famous cinnamon chicken episode which is also the mud fight episode uh, real mud real mud okay um the chicken no it's ordinary chicken and in fact Dean and I sat there going okay so what do we want to do 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 you want to put like some pepper on it and I said well I think we can do I mean we can you know hello we're both like highly trained we can just do this and he said oh I want to put like a little pepper just like like prime in the pump he's like just to give you that you know sense memory and as soon as you smell the pepper like it'll kick in or like yeah so we got to then we shook put like two shakes of pepper on it just to sort of give us the feel but as soon as we got it I saw, and, and as soon as i saw his face when he went Ooh, it was like i started to feel it too it was totally psychological and we got into it and no that was acting it was perfectly good chicken we okay, actually okay. finished it later but we were like hacking when i had to chug the water and I, you probably noticed my eyes like went like out of my head so i'm chugging the water and it's a big glass. And I couldn't like fit And Michael goes, No, 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 fill the glass back up. You have to chug that whole glass of water. You have to do it. Oh my God. I'm like, but he said, like, uh-uh, you're gonna do it. And he says, Look, I said, but it's like coming out my nose. He goes, I don't care if it comes out your ears. No, this is great. Trust me. Just chug the glass of water. Just do it. And he's like, chug the water. And while I'm chugging, he's like, Don't you dare put that glass back down on that table. He said, if she put, puts the glass back down, fill it back up, keep it rolling, don't even cut. He said, we will stay here until you've, (laughs) until you've, and I'm like, okay, so that, and you can see water comes out my nose, and my eyes get bigger and bigger, and I did, I chugged the glass, and it was genius, and then he said, and as you see this, Uh, it's the best, but I thought I was going to drown, so we did that, and then the mud fight, um, yes, that area was a duck pond in the winter and a cow pasture in the summer, and so then they hosed it down, so it was mud, uh, not all mud, it was also Cow poop, duck poop. Yeah, 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 cow. Oh. And she gets me in that headlock, and you see her hand come around with a wad of mud, and it goes right in my mouth. You can see it. Yes. Right. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. You are eating poop. Awesome. <laughs> Lift tail. Oh no.
2: So what'd you do at work today? I ate shit.
1: <laughs> and they had them set medic and the set medic comes over as we're doing this company says, no, I have to, tell, you didn't eat. Yeah, I got to make sure you guys didn't get any of this in your eyes. It's totally unsanitary. So did you get any in your eyes? And I said, my eyes, I didn't <laughs> eat like a quart. What is that going to do to me? <laughs> did you get sick? Did anything happen for me? I did not. Um, okay. Also, you may have read in the papers we weren't see me and um out in your, it was out near the Rockadine plant, the famous Rockadine plant. Have you read about this? It was the, They had a major radiation leak back in in 60s. Oh and um, they had a, a jet fuel leak, too. So there was the chemicals, or they told me it was benzene, hydrazine. So there was like jet fuel stuff in the water table. And there's been lawsuits and cancer and like investigations. And, and the Rockadine thing really was bad. It's like a super fun hazmat cleanup site. And it was like, oh, I don't know, a quarter mile up the hill from where we were. So. Um, yeah. So now they're going, oh my God. Uh, and I even talked to her, I said, Well, were you exposed to any water on the set? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so the mother- so it was um, you know, cow poop, duck poop, and ostensibly radioactive waste of some kind, some awesome. jet fuel don't really <laughs> know any combination thereof. <laughs>
0: Maybe um, another a, arm that comes back and massages your chip. What work? <laughs> my
1: husband says I don't need a light night light to read. She glows in the dark. Um, but yeah, apparently I, I've been tested for everything. I am apparently impervious to duck shit, cow shit, and radioactive waste. Oh That's God. a good quality in life.
2: you. Congratulations. Oh yeah. my goodness. All right, All now right. our
0: last question. Yes, I was then... going to say
2: we're getting near end.
0: Yes. it's like six o'clock, isn't it? We're like been here for days. <laughs> I love it. And so it's amazing though, but we I haven't, I, there's so much, there's so much more we wanted to do. Oh my God. <gasps> we we yes. haven't even gotten into
1: your advocacy work and comedy. Uh, we got we to, everything. we have a question that says like any see, bonnet heads, go to my Facebook, go to my Twitter, go to my Instagram, go to my everything, uh, protect.org is the charity. So yeah, you can look, look me up.
0: We're gonna put all of that. Joelle's gonna put all of the links on everything. So, yes. But you know, you're doing such amazing work. So I, I have a couple questions. But this guy, Andy, our good friend Andy, has any advice that you know now that would have helped you back then? That's a broad question, but
1: yeah, yeah. No, Mister. Um, um. I've been telling other child actors, uh, don't do drugs, stay in school. Which sounds (laughs) really silly, but when you look back and you go, okay, how much time got wasted? from drugs how many delays in getting around to doing things because you were high <laughs> and that's if you weren't like a giant drug addict and like had whole years go by you so how much time and when you look at like big celebrities big stars most of whom are like sober now you never hear any like you never hear any of these rock stars say I am so glad I did that heroin for 10 years yeah it's- It it never comes out. None of these actors, when Robin Williams talked about how he was on cocaine then off cocaine, he says, what do you say God's way of telling you you have too much money? Um, You never hear anyone say, yes, when I was doing all that cocaine, that was just the best part of my life. No, you never hear that. You never hear that. Everyone who did that later goes, man, what a disaster. I so, God, I I can only get those minutes back. So probably you should maybe not take a bunch of drugs when you become famous. There you go. Um, The other is stay in school. Um, The kids who did have the three-hour school on the set and actually maintained their grades and went back to the regular school seem to have a lot more functional things kind of going on. And it's sure life is so much easier when you can read and do math. It just is especially math, because people will steal your money if you can't count, Um, (laughs) they will. If they think you're dumb and don't know math, it's just the contracts. Um, So it's important, and the people I know who were denied an education, things went wrong, their parents weren't on the ball, the producers weren't letting through our school, They've really had a tough time of it. They've had to go back and play pickup and go back to school. I mean, I went back to school. I wasn't as deprived then, but I went back to school and made sure I got you know, the rest of my credits. because I, I left school, I got the proficiency exam. So I graduated, but then I went to, I went to local college and took some courses so, and then and I went back to school and learned French. so I'm sort of caught up. But yeah, <laughs> you don't to, to wind up at the time when you're on TV and you're young, it's like cool i don't have to go to school why am i studying i already have the job i want ah and people are doing drugs you go well that seems fine they say it's fine they seem to still be working but when a hundred years later you're like yeah probably if i'd actually paid attention in school and not been stoned things would have gone even faster and better and what uh, the other is stay out of the sun um because I look like this. This is called this. There's your face. And this is your face on drugs. This is called don't smoke, don't do cocaine and stay out of the sun. <laughs> Good
2: gorgeous. for you. She looks, I know you look <laughs> wonderful. Really it's amazing. We so appreciate you being here deals. Did you have any other questions or Oh well, Yeah,
0: I've got like a million, but I'm going to narrow it down to one. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will ask the question, you know, in your book which we will guide people to your book but you've gone through a lot in your life you have had (laughs) yes and we're going to link all of that stuff you've had you know you came from a life of hollywood entertainment there's been some trauma in your in your working with the
1: protect is the group for child abuse and yeah national association to protect children or protect.org we do very interesting things you should check us out
0: yes and you having gone through everything that you've gone through and good and bad and right and left and crazy hollywood and all the you have such a amazing right spirit
1: I have do you ever get depressed are you just happy all the time yeah. how do you do it I do I mean I mean technically um and, you know as I said in the book you know 22 years and three shrinks later um yeah um but, but when I first went to the therapist it was her early 20s um, my PTSD was like so severe she nicknamed me Rambo uh, <laughs> it's like you're like running through the jungle it's like what is happening here um so yeah it's like um fun with ptsd so yeah i mean i take a lot of naps and now with the pandemic is it very stressful. Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't had anyone close to me die of it yet, but boy, a lot of people are really sick. Several people have been to the hospital. Several people are having that after effect thing where, okay, hi, you're better. Yeah, why do I still have the headaches and why can't I do anything? This is really horrible and it's terrifying, although there's these experiments going on. Did you know that llamas may have a special antibody that may wind up saving us. All. Llamas it's may save us all. Have you heard breaking this? breaking no. news
2: with the world that I, llama I mean, antibodies. To
1: doctor on Tuesday I'm going to ask him, but they're doing everything. They're, yeah, there's, a, there's dozens of vaccine trials and hundreds of drug treatment trials. There's really is stuff going on they're working on. But apparently somebody was doing something about llamas and their immune system and these antibodies and how they attach a virus. So we may all be saved by llamas. <laughs> but, llamas. Uh, it's a all- great ending it'd be great but it's very traumatic it is very stressful it is terrifying yes we're in a horror movie it's the zombie apocalypse this is insane there's this terrible disease that is killing people and we don't fully know how we have no cure and we have no vaccine and we don't even have a treatment ah Um, and it's highly contagious so that's not fun (laughs) it's terrible it is not fun losing their jobs and can't pay their rent and my friends are starving so um I'm trying to help people out. I'm, you know, calling people. Do you need stuff? Do you need wipes? I got wipes. I got toilet paper. I got food. <laughs> and I'm trying to hook people up with things and hook people up with work and stuff they can do on the internet. I have several friends. I'm like, you know, if you go in this thing in the internet, you probably bring in a few bucks. I'm like, hook them up. Um, but it's terrifying. But I'm, I'm a survivor. Rocking. And them.
2: You are Duck bringing through. joy. You are bringing joy to this world with all your readings. I appreciate it as a mom now with my children at home. Uh, no school. We don't know what we're doing necessarily next year. And I have actually pulled out all my old little books, little house books that I had as a kid and saved for my daughter. And she and I read in bed each night. And we discovered your Facebook
1: and now we're loving that. So I things think that weird. little town on the prairie, things get very weird. It becomes oh, okay. <laughs> like little house in the big woods, farmer boy. And then all of a sudden there's like politics and like terrible racism and like weird things happen. And then like Laura's having a baby and it's like, whoa, what is happening? Um, so yeah, it gets strange. So keep yeah. going um yeah. we're still over. in the early phases
2: so are very
1: safe there but it gets very weird later on yes. um but yeah i i like connecting to people i like making people happy um the reading the books is wonderful for me um i do find that all of this stuff is stressful and i go i need a nap and i find myself taking naps i recommend this if you just find you're tired and things are getting weird and you're like i feel weird i need to lie down go lie down take a nap relax, go play in the garden, take a break. Cause it it is, it is stressful. It's very wearing on people. It is. They did a study.
0: There's an actual COVID brain. They're saying that that's a true thing. Your brain, because it's this weird underlying hyper stress, but you, that it's actually affecting your memory or retention. Also
1: to be traumatized is one thing to be traumatized and bored at the same time. (laughs) <laughs> yes. uh, it's very bad. And right. then with
2: media, media, media too. Well, it's, it's just...
1: continuing, continuing trauma because usually you have the earthquake or the tornado hits and then it stops. And then the fire department comes and then you clean up the mess and then yeah. whatever after the thing, the fire, the flood, or whatever, you clean up and you call the insurance company and you get to. No, this is going, rah, rah, rah. it's not stopping. And I that will make you nuts. Also, did you know that and here I am, we're on the Zoom thing. Did you know that doing too much Zoom is also terrible for you? I (laughs) can imagine. I'm talking to my computer. (laughs) Your eyes and your brain talking to people on a screen, it's great at first, but yes, all of the it's bad for your eyes staring at the screen the light. But it also psychologically it's weird to be on in a meeting. In meetings suddenly, oh hi, you can see me. It's not a phone it makes people nutty. If you do so much Zoom a day, take a break and let go lie down. Mm
0: -hmm. That is huge advice. advice. And then this, I I read another study that listening to lo-fi music, hearing the crackle of a vinyl record and real like lo-fi, mono speaker kind of music.
1: That's why why (laughs) Dean Butler's playing all that pause fiddle stuff. (sighs) Yep, 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 yep. Yep. That's it.
2: Boiling it down to basics family values and just being home and and trying to enjoy it while we can and and make the best of it. So thank you so much for Thank you, thank you for having Wait me. a second,
0: I want to end on the one thing. Yes, yes. Do you know Do you know that the rock has a crush on you? Oh, super <laughs> crush.
1: Yes, we found this out and it was like super embarrassing cuz like my husband was at work and it was in a magazine and someone he worked with saw it and went what's this about the rock and your wife um Um, the rock was talking about spanking your wife in like us magazine and so we got yes it's hysterical rock was talking about who did you have a crush on when you watch tv when you're younger and he liked um oh gosh uh what's her face from family ties and he liked a bunch of and he said and that Nellie olsen and wanting to turn her over my knee and you know she's a real feisty kind of gal
2: and, oh yeah. my. So if we were to reach out to The Rock and, Loved no, him. I'm kidding. I'm
1: kidding. No, call <laughs> him. I love him. I love him. Okay. No, he's great. I, I, we see, We watch all his movies. We like him very much.
0: Good. good All well, right. you might have to put on an outfit and go over his knee but it sounds like that's
2: <laughs> yeah so after the little house reunion we'll have a, a rock Nellie Olsen reunion too that could be fun excellent <laughs> part two <laughs> coming soon well we do appreciate it are we good Weens? can I close it out now yes She's got her list good are I you love good it. did
1: you want to say anything else oh, awesome I, yeah. I think we covered the whole the, everything in the world yes no that was great sure yes
2: we love it so everybody please go to bonnetheads.com that kind of links to everything, and then do visit Allison Arngrim uh, Facebook. So that's where all of your readings are. You have your live show. You have reinvented yourself in the time of COVID, and you are an inspiration to all of us. And just look at you. We love you. And we love Nellie Olson. I'm I'm here to say, should I forgive you now? Can I can I just get over that now? No.
0: <laughs> yes, you or, can. She's like good. the
2: coolest person in the world. We so love you. Cool. Thank you. Yes. Thank so, thank much you. Coming. so much for so much. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye.